And we are on our third lesson this, this month on the perfect man. And what we're looking, going to be studying today is the looking for a redeemer. Looking for a redeemer. God sought for a man that could stand in the gap. And the scripture says he found none. He found many men who were willing, but none of them were perfect. They all had their, their flaws and their failures. Our focus scripture this month has been from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13, which says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And it doesn't just mean man, it stands for mankind. So that includes women too. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to be more like him every day. Amen. That's my goal, to be changed into his image. Hallelujah. That's what the scripture says that we are going to be when we see him. We shall be, for we shall see him as he is. As I said, the scripture tells us that God sought for a man. When man fell, there needed to be an intercessor, a go-between. But there was no one who could fill the role. No one was found worthy. No one was perfect. Our study this month is being about a perfect man. And in truth, there is none but Jesus. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, and I should not destroy it, but I found none. If that was the end of it, it would be a sad story, wouldn't it? If that was all that was written, that God looked for a man and found none. But throughout history, he's found someone who, who was willing. Amen. I was teaching the, the, the PI class yesterday, and, and this semester it's about the 12 apostles. And I asked the class, when you, when you read their backgrounds, I said, what, what jumps out at you? What was special about these 12 men that Jesus chose? And nobody answered. I was trying to get get some conversation. But I said, what was special? i tell you what was special is they were all different. And they would not have been a group that would normally have hung out together. One was a tax collector, was hated. The other was a publican, was hated, right? There were some fishermen, right? There was, there was all sorts. It just shows you that God can take you from any background, no matter who you are. The key, though, was that they were willing to follow. When he said follow, they were willing. That was the key. It wasn't their, their backgrounds. It was whether they were willing to drop what they were doing and follow Jesus. That's what made them special. In this scripture in Ezekiel, he said he sought for a man and found none that could fill the gap. But thanks be to God that that's not, as the song says, where the story ends. Amen. In Isaiah, it says, I looked and there was none to help and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation. Because he could not find any, the scripture in Hebrew says, God prepared himself a body. He came himself. He fulfilled the, 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 the job requirement. He fulfilled the resume of being the perfect man. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury, it upheld me. It was God himself that brought salvation. He was only the only person who was without sin. Amen. The perfect man. Amen. The scripture says this, mark the perfect man and behold the upright man for the end of that man is what? Peace. 
No matter what you're going through right now, if you will continue striving for perfection, the Bible tells us the end will be peace. No matter what storm you're going through now, the end will be peace. God looked down through history trying to find someone who could fill the gap. And the Bible says about Noah is that he found what? Grace. Noah, Noah found grace. He was perfect in his lineage. That means his, his physical line had not been corrupted. But after God delivered him and he came out of the ark, he failed. He, he, he got drunk. He got drunk. He, 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 he let his flesh get the better of him. Even though he was perfect in his lineage, he drank too much. Then we have a man who even God says was perfect in his integrity. That means he, was, he, was, he, he could trust him. His word was his bond. He was faithful in whatever he committed to God. But yet he was still lack in one area, trust. Because he couldn't understand, because it couldn't be explained to him, he questioned God. Many times when we can't understand, we question God because that's human nature. I'm not blaming Job. He was just fulfilling human nature. But yet he, he still failed in that one area to totally trust God. He demanded an answer from God. He said, God, you've got to explain this to me. And we've all done that. God, you've got to explain my situation to me. I, I, I've done everything you asked, and yet things are still going wrong. You've got to explain this one to me. Now, come on now. Haven't we all done that? Haven't we all said to God, you've got to explain this to me, Lord, because I've been trying, and things are still going wrong. So he, he, he was perfect in his integrity. Even though he, he didn't understand it, even though he questioned God, he said, I still believe somehow, even though I don't understand it. Yes, God, I want to talk to you. I want to have a man-on-man a -man here. I want to find out what's going on. But if you don't talk to me, even if you slay me, I will still serve you. He kept his integrity. Amen. He kept his integrity. In fact, in the book of Job, it tells God went so far as the angels. And he says that even they failed him. Amen. So he looked for, for, for men down history. And after that, he found Abraham. And he was found perfect in faith. He believed God, but lied to his fellow man about his wife. He believed God, but he, there was a point, point where his own faith in what God pr could preserve failed him. Amen. Failed him. We're going to look at Abraham a little bit more in detail. And so God found Abraham. And Abraham was able to be chosen to bring forth the line of Jesus. God still used him even though he wasn't perfect. That tells me there's hope for me and you. As long as we're willing to leave Ur of the Chaldees, as long as we are obedient, God can take the next step with us. Amen. Then there was Isaac and he was perfect in being a peacemaker. He would not fight uh, people. He, he let them take the two wells and then finally he, he got the Rehoboth well. <laughs> Amen. And he said, we shall now be what? Fruitful in the land. Hallelujah. He was a peacemaker. But, but you know, he had this one thing. He, he let Jacob deceive him. Right? He didn't do a lot of checking. He thought there was something wrong. You, you got the voice of, of Esau, but, but, but at least you have the covering of, of um of, of Esau, but, but there's some, you got the voice of Jacob, I should say, but you got at least the covering of Esau. He, he was deceived, you know, even though he was a, a peaceful man. And then, of course, you have Jacob, who was, who was rarely slick, thought he was the player, thought he could get by, but he found 
when he met Laban, there was someone who was slicker than him. <laughs> someone who was going to cheat him and, and was quick to try and deceive and do things his way. But then, you know, you do reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And he had to work 21 years before he got the full blessing. And so God used Jacob, though, even though he was not perfect. And then, of course, God chose Joseph. Amen. And he was perfect in enduring suffering, but he was not able to return from the grave. The Bible said, and he died. He, he was a, a great example and substitute of someone bearing up under suffering. But when he died, he died in Egypt. They had to bring his bones back into Canaan. These are some of the men that God found that were, had some good and great qualities, but none of them were perfect. All of them had some flaws. And it is because of that, we, me and you can still have a chance because God, the Bible said, when, he, when um, Noah came out of the ark, he said, I know that men's heart is evil from their youth. God already discounted your failures. That's why he had to come himself. He sought for a man and found none. Now, after Joseph, we can, we can find that there came Moses, right? And he was perfect in humility. He was a humble man. And, and communion, he, he spoke face to face with God. He didn't even want the job. He kept on saying, well, Aaron can speak better. Why don't you choose him? He, did, he knew what it was going to be to try and lead all these Israelites. <laughs> Ignorant Israelites. <laughs> He knew what was he was in for, and he looked at the job and said, I don't want this job. He, he didn't want, if he had wanted to be some big thing, he could have just stayed in Egypt. He could have maybe ended up being what? The Pharaoh. So he was in humility, but he, in the end, let people get under his skin. Sometimes, you know, we are provoked to the, our last nerve. Our last nerve. And he, he got so angry with them after 40 years that instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. After 40 years of putting up, you know, I remember when I was a little kid and uh, I had a little competition with my dad. I was probably about four or five. And I guess I had been talking too much one Saturday morning and just blabbering nonsense. And he said to me, okay, I'll give you like a dollar if you can keep quiet for one hour. One hour. One hour, that's all you had to keep quiet. I'll give you a dollar. So I kept quiet, I kept quiet, and I was in the kitchen watching him, and he was doing some cooking, and it was probably about 55 minutes. <laughs> 55 minutes. 55 minutes, and then I forgot. <laughs> and I don't know why I said this. I saw he was cutting up a chicken neck, and I just suddenly blurted out, chicken neck. <laughs> See, we can come so close. We can come so close. You know, all of these characters came so close. But 10 minutes left, they messed up. Moses went 40 years putting up with the children of Israel. The times they were going to stone him and he interceded on their behalf. And then finally, 40 years, he can see the promised land. He's come up to the border. And he let them push him right over the edge. 
because the rock had followed them this whole time, giving them water, and now they're complaining about water. And, and he's mad, and God said, go speak to the rock. And he struck the rock. You know, we can come so... I don't know why I said that I said. It made no sense. I just saw him chopping up this chicken neck, and I just blurted out chicken neck. <laughs> and he just looked at me. <laughs> no, no dollar for me. Wouldn't it be sad if in our Christian race we came this close and then we blurted out chicken neck? <laughs> right? We come this close to getting the prize and then we mess up. But that you look through the Bible and you see that there was, this was the case with so many people, right? After Moses, we can, we can look at Joshua. Um, he was perfect in faithfulness and following, but if you look at the story, he once trusted his own judgment, right? He didn't inquire of the Lord. God had told him, don't make no treaties with any people in this land, but some people came and fooled him up because he didn't ask God who these people were. He looked and made his own judgment because they, they came, you know, all old and battered up and looked like they came from somewhere else, and they said, we want to make a treaty with you, and instead of asking God, he, he decided to make his own judgment. And just there, he messed up. He could have almost been the perfect leader, right? He had faith. He was one of the ones that came back from the land of Canaan and said, we are more than able to take the land. But, you know, sometimes we get into our own judgment instead of asking God. And so you can look at all these men. After Joshua, we look at Samson, gifted with supernatural strength. God set him up to be a judge and a deliverer of, 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 of Israel. Perfect in power and strength from God. But then couldn't keep it secret. Had to blurt it out. Chicken neck. <laughs> Had to blurt it out. Had to blurt it out. See, God was searching for someone who could stand in the gap, who could be the perfect redeemer. And then after Samson, you'll see Samuel, the prophet, who was called as a young child. And he was perfect in hearing from God and listening to God, but then he failed in leading his own children. Right? He, he, he judged faithfully Israel, but his children, after him, he, did, he wasn't able to save them. They, they, they started taking bribes and doing, doing bad. Wasn't able to rule his household. Then after them, you get Saul, someone chosen personally by God. That tells you something. If God can choose you and you still mess up, you still miss it, God chose him. The Bible said he was head and shoulders above. He, he looked like a king. And when God first picked him, he wasn't that stuck up. He was humble. He didn't really want the job either. But then, you know, they say power corrupts. Finally, he failed because of pride and impatience because he would not wait upon the Lord. Then you have David even, who was Israel's greatest king, another one personally chosen by God. You know, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. So his heart, his love for God was great. But then he let his flesh get to him. That's where we all fail, isn't it? Flesh. Flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. 
He was supposed to go to war. That's what God had called him to defeat all of Israel's enemies. And he decided, well, you know, I don't have to go this year. I'll let the army go. And that was the beginning of his, his failure. Then we come to his son. Now, you notice something about all these characters. One was physically strong. One had a perfect heart. One had great faith. One was now the wisest man that ever lived. They all had pieces of perfection, but none of them had it all together. Perfect in wisdom from God, but failed in wisdom to God. Right? Failed in wisdom to God because he thought he was smart enough that he could please these people by marrying all of these women who were not Jews and building them their temples and still trying to worship God at the same time. But you know what happens? The Bible says two cannot walk together unless they agree. They started to turn his heart. And it's amazing really because he prayed one of the greatest prayers in the Bible and got one of the greatest answers ever from God. He was the one that prayed when the dedication of the temple and the cloud and the, of God came down and filled the temple that no one could, could minister. He got one of the greatest answers from God. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, God answered him and gave him a pledge, gave him a covenant, gave him a promise that if my people that are called by my name will what? Humble themselves and seek my face. Then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. What a promise he got from God and yet he still in the end said chicken neck. <laughs> Sister Brown, you missed that story. <laughs> That's the word today, chicken neck. <laughs> You'll have to listen to the request. I know you stepped out when I told that story. Amen. But in the end, he failed God, Solomon. Amen. I mean, we could go on through the rest of the Bible. There was Noah who was perfect in lineage, perfect in faith, Abraham, Isaac in meekness, Jacob in endurance, because he worked 21 years for what he wanted. He didn't give up. When he was cheated, I'm going to do another seven. Then he did another seven. Then there was Joseph who suffered for the call of God, was willing to go to prison and, and wait upon the Lord. Then there was, of course, Moses was, the Bible said that there was not a prophet who had communion face to face with God as Moses did. Then in faithfulness, Joshua served Moses for 40 years. He didn't say, when is my turn to become the, the chief? He served him faithfully for 40 years as his assistant. Perfect in power, Samson. Perfect in listening, Samuel. He heard the voice of God. He was always in communion with God. Perfect in kin kingship, Saul. He was every, every bit looking like the king. And David, of course, perfect in heart, perfect in wisdom. And yet none of these men were truly perfect. If you could have taken every little bit and put it in one person, then you might have had something. And that's exactly what Jesus was. He was perfect in his lineage because he was the son of God. He was perfect in faith because the scripture says have God's faith. He was perfect in meekness. The Bible said he opened not his mouth. He was perfect in endurance. He stayed upon that cross. He could have come down. He was perfect in suffering. The Bible says that he was bruised. Our iniquities. Of course, he had perfect communion. He said before he raised Lazarus' father, I know that you hear me all the time. 
He was perfect in power. He had enough to give to his disciples. He was perfect in listening. The Bible said he hears us. Amen. He was perfect in kingship because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And of course, he is perfect in heart. And of course, perfect in wisdom. The Bible in the New Testament says he is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So when you took all of these men, if you could have taken all of these elements, actually what you'd have ended up with was Jesus Christ. Because there was none righteous. Amen. Romans says, Romans 3.10 says this. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Some years ago, we had a, a fellow come in here and tell me he was sinless. <laughs> he was perfect. Just saying that, he lied. <laughs> Just saying that, he lied. Bible says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, and the truth is not within you. Psalms 14 to the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. God is always seeking for persons, even now. Even now, he is seeking for someone because he will cover you with his righteousness. He is the one that will make us perfect. He's looking for the willing. As I said to the class yesterday when I was teaching, I, I said, what was the commonality with all these people? It wasn't their background. They probably normally would have hated each other. They wouldn't have been hanging out. You know, nobody would have been hanging out with Matthew the tax collector. <laughs> no one would have been hanging out with um, Simon Zelotes because he was, he was of the, of the uh, terrorist organization. He was of the zealots, the ISIS of his day. They were going around committing terrorist acts, it would call it today. No one was hanging around with him. These are the people that Jesus called and perfected. That gives me a new hope. It's, look at the worst one. Who would you say was the worst one of the apostles that he called? Paul. Paul. He, he admitted, I, I, I threw Christians into prison. I made them blaspheme. In fact, the Bible says he was there at the murder of Stephen. Wasn't he? He was there consenting when they started to stone Stephen. He confessed. He, he said, I am the chiefest of sinners. That should give us hope. Amen? Because God can take the chiefest of sinners, a murderer, and he can transform that life. He will perfect those things concerning me. Isn't that what the scripture says? He will perfect. So I don't have to come to him trying to be perfect. I just have to come to him. That's what I have to do. I just have to come to him. When I come to him in faith believing... He is the one that does the perfection. Amen. He is the one. It says in verse 3, They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. God doesn't have to answer you for why bad things happen to good people. Because there are no good people. <laughs> Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our best is as filthy rags because we can only keep that up for about an hour or two. Maybe a day until some evil thought comes in our head. Do thoughts come in your head? I have to say, where did that come from? <laughs> Why am I thinking that thought? You got to get out of my head thought. I have to sing a song or think of something else because the weirdest thoughts will come to you. The devil will try and put something into your head. You see, because we are flesh. We are flesh. 
and he is spirit. But here's the thing that Paul says that when he's explaining this in Romans 7, he says, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But it's through the spirit. In Romans 8, 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are what? And walk according to the spirit of the law of life. Amen. Because through that we have liberty. So the Bible says that God searched for a perfect redeemer. And throughout history he found different men he was able to use, but they always ended up with a flaw. They always ended up saying chicken neck at some point. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was so close to getting some money from my dad. He'd asked me to keep silent for one hour. And I saw him cutting up a chicken neck, and for no reason, my flesh just said, chicken neck. <laughs> and I knew it the moment I said it. Oh, man. <laughs> and he just looked at me. And when we look at our lives, a lot of times we're so close to the blessing, so close to doing what God said, and then we end up for no good reason saying, chicken neck. That's the story. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now I've told it twice. You see, we can't make ourselves righteous. We cannot make ourselves perfect. What we can do, as we've been teaching, is we can separate ourselves. We can move from the group that's drawing us down. We can withdraw from the group that's all negativity. Amen. We can separate ourselves from the things that will, that will kill us. Amen. That's what we need to do. Then God will do the rest. Everyone he called, he moved them out from their situation. Do you notice that? He didn't let them stay wherever he called them. He said to Peter, follow me. And Andrew and said, follow me. He, he could have let them stay in that situation, but no, he called them from somewhere to something. God is going to take you out of somewhere when he calls you. Because he is doing the work. The Bible says in the scripture that we, we can't make ourselves righteous, but He can give us righteousness. Blessed is He whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Aren't you glad about that? That's, that's a scripture to, to rejoice on. You're blessed because your sin is covered. As Bible says He's cast it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. You know, some people, when they want to dig at you, they'll bring up what you did. Even though they said they forgave you, right? We do that. Come on, let's admit it. <laughs> we say we forget, but you know you, you did that last week. or you... Jesus says he's never going to bring up what we did if we give it to him. If we confess, he is never going to throw that back at us. It's the devil that is doing that. He is the one that's called the accuser of the brethren. It's not God who's accusing you. If you're feeling bad... It's your heart or the devil that's doing it. Because if you give it truly to God, he has promised that he will never to be remembered anymore. Amen. Scripture tells us, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. When we look at the life of David, you know, the things that stand out, Goliath, right? Then the other thing that stands out was his mess up with Bathsheba, right? But that's not what God says. Because once David confessed, once he repented, 
God doesn't remember that anymore. He called him a man after his own heart. And that's what we have a problem with. <laughs> How can he call him a man after? Doesn't he see what he did? No, he doesn't. He doesn't see that because David in Psalm 51 truly came to God with repentant heart and said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Once David truly, truly, God, God's not going to remember your mistakes. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. So righteousness and perfection only comes from him. We are only responsible to separate, move to a place where God can bless us, come out from doing what we were doing before. If it was fishing, that's what he called them from. If it was tax collecting, that's what he called them from. You notice he moved everybody out from what they were doing. Let me say it again. He moved everybody out from what they were doing when he called them. He didn't let them, not that it was necessarily wrong, but he wanted to make a distinction. You're in a different different regime now. You're, you're working for somebody new now. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. That, that's why when they did the sacrifice, they sprinkled the blood. The Bible says that uh, this blood was sprinkled on the Day of Atonement on the mercy seat. So God was not looking at the broken law that was in there because inside the mercy seat was the Ten Commandments. But when they sprinkled the blood, that's not what God was looking at. He was looking at the blood and not at the, the broken law. When we come to Jesus and His blood is sprinkled upon us, He's not looking at our broken messes and all the stuff we have done in the past. He is looking at the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Paul in Romans 4, 8, in his, in his epistle to the Romans, repeats it. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Why? Because they have accepted Jesus' death by faith. And that makes us perfect. It's hard for us to accept that. It's hard for us to actually believe something so good could be so free. And so people keep trying to work for it. You know, in the Middle Ages, they, they, they did this thing called penances, where you had to crawl on broken glass or something if you made a sin. The priest would tell you, okay, you, you have to crawl on your knees for a mile. You know, but what they're doing is making the death of Christ no avail. Jesus said it is finished. Because all those men could not die on a cross, but Jesus came. And because of his perfection, he became the Redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, because I couldn't find none, my own arm brought salvation. I had to do it myself. Amen. I had to come myself. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Blessed, and in Romans it repeats that. That's the beauty of baptism, is that our sins are remitted. And we can rise, the scripture says, to walk in what? Newness of life. It's us that keeps bringing up our past. Do you know that? It's us that keeps bringing up our past. God has promised he would never use that against us. Bible says that by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. If God says he's not going to hold your past against you, then you're free. If you come to him believing him, you are free. You are, you are sanctified. 
You are made perfect. Amen. Isn't that something? You are free. So righteousness has to be given. It cannot be earned. It's not because I'm good or because I come to church on Sunday or because I wear a suit. <laughs> I'm thinking of some of the questions yesterday. <laughs> or I preach loudly. That's, that's not it. No, no. Righteousness can only be given by God. It's His righteousness. Amen. Righteousness is given and it's not earned. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Him. Isn't that an awesome scripture? In the atonement ceremony, the picture that was presented was the goat. And the, the high priest would lay his hands upon the goat and pronounce all the sins of Israel on that goat and send it away. That means that the other goat was perfect. There was no sin. It was sent away. Jesus took our sins and paid the price in the grave for our sins. Hallelujah. And that's why it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When you read Isaiah 53, and it's just an awesome chapter, when it, when it, when it says that, uh, speaks about that it pleased God to bruise him, that boggles my mind. God's mercy and his grace. Because I'm not worthy. You are not worthy. But he is not holding our sins against us if we have repented. Let me read it one more time. For he hath made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God. If we are made the righteousness of God, that's something. Think about it. Just meditate what that's. If we are now the righteousness of God, how righteous is God? God is perfect. The Bible says because he took our sins, we are now the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. What all those men during the Old Testament could not do, Jesus came. And because he was made sin, we are now made the righteousness of God. Amen. The righteousness of God. You see, he was looking for a man with some, 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 some uh, attributes. And in the Beatitudes, he laid some of the characteristics out. You know, because of my job, I had to do a lot of interviewing last year. They were hiring um, several people, and we had to... I probably interviewed maybe 20 people. And I'm not, you know, I just go by my gut. <laughs> I don't even go by what, uh, what, uh, what their qualifications are. She, because we were doing this at home, my wife was, getting, was able to listen in as I was interviewing people because it was remote. And she would say, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> it's okay. I, 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 I made my own judgment, but... Usually we were in agreement, but you know, God has an interview. He was looking for someone. And in the Beatitudes, he laid out some things that we are to attain to if we're going to get to perfection. And the scripture in Isaiah lays out some things about this perfect redeemer. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's, that's some of the requirements for this job application. I'm afraid only one person can fill that one. 
The only one person can fill that. In Matthew, Jesus started to lay out some things about some of the, what he was looking for in his followers. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now that's contrary to human understanding. How can someone who is poor in spirit be blessed? Well, the reason is God has got a promise, a pledge, a prize for you. For theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. Are you, have you been mournful lately? Jesus is saying that, that there's a blessing in that. Amen? Because you shall be comforted. He's going to personally give you a hug. He's going to personally, personally welcome you. Amen? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Hallelujah. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. That's why, you know, um, that's the one thing. I, I might not feel most of this, but I try and be as... When people come and tell me stuff, I say, Lord, help them. I, I want mercy because I know I want mercy. I want mercy for you because I want mercy for me. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You see, this is the list. God was looking for a man or a woman who could fulfill this role. And he laid it out in the law. The Bible says the law was our schoolmaster to point us to Christ. Because it laid out all these things that no man could fulfill. Because it was only the perfect Redeemer who could truly meet the requirements. Hallelujah. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you can meet the bill, hallelujah, and we can't do this except through the power of the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, amen. God made a way for us to get his perfection. God made a way for us to be covered. One of the first things that the father did in the story of the prodigal son, when the son came home, what did he do? The robe. Before he even had a bath, he covered him. Nobody could see the rags and the, the tears and the scars. Because what did he do? He covered him with the best robe. Anyone looking at him would have thought he was still the son that had never left home. Nobody could see what he had been through. Do you notice that? Even before, he just covered him. And put the ring. So all you could see was the sun. You couldn't see what he had been through. You couldn't see the rags. You couldn't see the scars. You couldn't see maybe that he was emaciated, that he was hungry. Because God covered him. The Father covered him and put the ring on. Anyone walking by, all they could have seen, that's the son. That's the, that's the heir to, the, to one, of the, one of the heirs of this, this mansion here. See what God will do? He will cover us. He will give us and make us look good. God does that for me all the time. Especially in my work. He makes me look so good. I hope no one is listening. <laughs> he makes me look so good uh, that, that I know it's God. When this happens, I just know it's God because um, it must be God because it certainly wasn't me. When, when God does it, it's amazing. Amen. Hallelujah. God will cover you with the robe. Once you come home, once you come running to him, he will cover you. you won't, he, no one will even see what you've been through. Amen. He can make it so that it looks as if you never left home. Right. Amen. Amen. See, God became man. His whole purpose 
was to enable us to the way of perfection. Hallelujah. He, he came to reveal God's true character that he was really love. In the Old Testament, the Bible makes it plain that the reason why it was so harsh, it was because God was not dealing directly with man. He had to go through intermediaries. He had to go through angels. He had to go through prophets. He had to go through men who had problems. I think having uh, 700 wives and 300 mistresses is a problem. <laughs> You don't have time for looking after God's people if that if you got if you got those many issues. Amen. Samson had a little bit of that problem too. Amen. He had a little bit of that. The strongest man physically and the wisest man both had problems in that, that area. David had problems. You see, we if we if we let our flesh rule us, we'll have problems. No doubt. So God came to reveal what his true nature was. When, when the disciples said, shall we call down fire like Elijah did? He says, you don't know what spirit you are on. I didn't came to destroy men's lives, but I came to do what? I came to save them. That is the true nature of God. He would that none be lost, that none perish. That's why he is so merciful and full of grace when we come to him, when we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I repent, I'm sorry. Forgive me. He is so merciful and willing. Amen. We see that in, even in the Old Testament when Hezekiah was told he was going to die. Before the prophet left the grounds, he had prayed. And God told the prophet, turn around. Turn around. Go and tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. See, God is a merciful and gracious God. Prayer, prayer, prayer can change God's mind. Did you know that? Prayer can change God's mind. Hallelujah. So Jesus came because the men that and the angels that were trying to represent God could not represent perfection. So he came to reveal God's true character and nature and to enable that restoration of a spirit covering. As I said, the first thing the father did was hide the fact that his son had messed up. Put on the best robe. I'm sorry if I keep repeating that, but I want you to get how God works. He put on the best robe, put on the ring so nobody could see all the mess that he had come home with. To enable the restoration of a spirit covering and, to, of course, to create new sons of God. That's why he came, to restore us back to being just like Adam, a son of God. Not a son of man, but a son of God. My father is up there. Amen. That we have the right to say Abba, which means father. Amen. That we can call him by his name. Hallelujah. So to create new sons. To restore dominion to the sons of God. And no man could do that. No man could do that. That's why Satan never tempted anyone like he tempted Jesus. I've proved that to you. Did he ever say to David, if thou be a son of God? Did he ever say to Moses, if you be a son of God? No. But he said to Jesus, if you are a son of God. See, he knew why he had come to restore to us the dominion of sonship. Hallelujah. To restore to us the power of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He came to restore dominion. That's why we needed his perfection, not our perfection. Hallelujah. He also came to be the perfect mediator until we're waiting for the last part of this now. This body. 
See, the Bible says he's given us the Holy Spirit as the earnest, the deposit. When you're going to buy a house, the first thing you have to do to show you're serious, put down a deposit. God is showing he is serious. He's given us the deposit, the Holy Spirit as the deposit. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house, and many mansions. And I go away to prepare a place. And I'm glad about that because this one's starting to wear out. <laughs> this one's starting to creak. But I know, Paul says that if, if our earthly tabernacle, amen, should dissolve, we have a place. Hallelujah. We have another in the heavens reserved. Amen. Have you, got, have you put your reservation in? Have you got your reservation? Amen. Don't just show up at the counter. They may not have your reservation. You got you to gotta book that. Amen. To destroy the works of the devil. That's why he could come. No earthly man had the perfection to be able to destroy the works of the devil. Because none of them could raise themselves back up. But Jesus said, I lay my life down and I have the power to bring it back up. See, that was lacking in every one of the people I said. None of them could resurrect themselves. But Jesus had the ultimate perfection that he had the power over death. And he said, that's why I've come to destroy the works of the devil. And the ultimate work of the devil is death. Because it was through his deception that death entered the world. Amen. So God's per perfection is revealed through his nature. And his nature is love. I'm so glad that God loves me. And he shows me that in so many ways. Famous scripture. We all know this one. It's always on billboards. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. I couldn't last an hour. But Jesus lasted six on the cross. All that time they were taunting him and saying, all you have to do is come down and we'll believe you. All he had to do was come down, but he stayed until the third hour. And then he declared, it is finished. Man's redemption is paid. As I said, God is not remembering our mistakes because he came to perfect us. That's why in verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If we will respond, if we will leave this, the, the, the Ur of the Chaldees, because as I said, every time God calls somebody, he does two things. He changes their name and he changes their circumstance, their location. But you have to respond to that, right? You have to say, yes, I'm following you. I'm following you. But just to show you how weak flesh is, as soon as he was resurrected, and I pointed this out before, what did they go do? Went back to fishing. After they'd seen the resurrected Christ, Peter and the fishermen, they said, what, what are we going to do? We're going to go back to fishing. The very thing he'd called them from. A lot of times when we, we, we don't know what to do, we go back to what we were doing. Instead of understanding that that's what God called us from. Because he has a higher place, a deeper calling for us, a plan for perfection. We see this more fully that none of them that had gone before had the power over death, but also none of them had the ability 
for life. In Revelation 5, 2, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, and I've taught on this so many times, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And John wept much because he thought, it's over. If there's no one that can open the book of life, then who is going to be able to be resurrected? And one of the elders saith unto, unto me, Weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. I wrote a song about this one time. The root of David hath prevailed. Let's say that word prevailed. He has prevailed. And is opening, uh, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Jesus told his disciples, listen, don't rejoice because you can do miracles. Don't rejoice because you're rich. Don't re rejoice because you're a celebrity. Don't rejoice because you can cast out demons. But rejoice because your name is written in the book. Amen. That's the only book that counts. That's the only book of perfection that is needed. Amen. When we get our name in the book, hallelujah, then we can rejoice, hallelujah, because it's only through the perfection of, of redemption by his blood can we have our names stay in that book. Amen. Corinthians, and I'm going to read this again, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For God was in Christ re reconciling the world back to himself. Amen. We've been studying about perfection, and this is what we're called to. We're called to perfection, but not through ourselves, just by starting on the journey. Just by starting on the journey. Just by saying, yes, Lord, I believe you. I want a relationship with you. Amen. That's all that it takes for us to begin this journey to perfection. And as I said, he gave the covering to keep us and to cover all our faults. It says, John 16, 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. It is through the Holy Spirit that we are able to be perfected. It's through the Comforter. That's why the scripture says, if you don't have the Comforter, what are you? Boy, that's a tough saying, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people who claim Christ, but they don't have his spirit. They, they're, they're not spirit-filled. And the Bible tells us that, that is the only way that we are going to be made perfect. It's through the covering of the spirit. Without that robe that the father brought, everyone could see, even the servants could have been laughing at the son. Look what a mess he is. Look, look at how he's a mess. Look at how it looks like he's been through the garbage disposal, which was where, true. That's where he had come from. But the first thing the father did was cover him. Cover him. God will cover our shame. God will cover our failures. God, God can cover our scars. Amen. And then put the, 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 the ring of sonship on him. In Luke 23, 46, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And thus saying, he gave up the ghost. He gave up his spirit so that he could spread it abroad 50 days later. Amen. 50 days later. So at the day of Pentecost, 
he could bring many sons, the scriptures say, to glory. That's what this is about. Perfecting so we go on to being created into sons of God. Hebrews 2.10 For it became him but for, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are, are all things in bringing many sons unto glory. That's why Jesus said, listen, while I'm here, there's only one son of God. But if I die and I give my spirit, there'll be many sons of God. Amen. So his work is multiplied. While he was on earth, there was only one son of God. But when he gave his spirit, that first day, the first thing was 120. It went from 1 to 120. And then by the end of the day, it was 3,000. Then the next day, it was another 5,000. And the Spirit just kept on multiplying. See, God's word from Genesis was being fulfilled to multiply and fill the earth. John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, all the disciples had to do was to say, Yes, I'm going to follow you. Because that's as simple as that. But as many as received him to them... Gave he power to become perfect, to become a son of God, to go on to perfection, even to them that believe on his name. That's the question. Do you believe on his name today? Amen. Amen. Do you believe on his name today? Because he has called us into perfection. And then to give us dominion, and that, that's part of my message today. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Amen. So if you die once by baptism, you'll never have to die again. If you've been baptized of the water and of the spirit, you don't have to die again. Amen. As I said, I put that little meme on Facebook that said, don't worry about dying. It's location, location, location. <laughs> Because you're going to live somewhere, right? Amen. But it's the location that's important. Hallelujah. Psalms 115 says, God, originally his plan was to give us dominion. The earth, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Amen. I remember when my parents, the way my parents used to operate, when, when they wanted this building, they came and they pointed to it. When they wanted that house... That's their testimony. They came and they pointed to it and say, in Jesus' name. And God did it. Because once we have the dominion returned, we can declare a few things. I better not preach that right now. Amen. If you could stand with me. He came also to be the perfect mediator. Hebrews 9.15 tells this, And for this cause, he is the mediator of a new testament. Not the old one. The old one was pretty harsh. The old one was pretty strict. Amen. But a new testament that by the means of death, for the redemption. Remember I talked about the perfect redeemer of the transgressions that were under the first testament. They which are called, have you been called? Might receive the promise of of eternal inheritance. Hebrews 12, 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood spoke of revenge. 
of justice, of judgment, but Jesus' blood speaks of mercy and of grace. Amen. I don't, I don't want judgment. I want mercy and I want grace. Hallelujah. The scripture says in Timothy, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, it's not the priest. It's not me. It's Jesus Christ. I did not die for you. Amen. I cannot forgive your sins. I can pray for you. But he is the one. Hallelujah. His blood is what cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He is our redeemer. He is the one that will lead us on to perfection. Hallelujah. And if we will just stand fast. And to just use it one more time. Not say chicken neck. <laughs> Endure to the end. The same shall be saved. That's what the scripture tells us, isn't it? Because he is the mediator until the redemption. Just We're waiting for one more thing now. The change of this body. Amen. The change of this body. Hallelujah. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors in pain together until now. Not only that, but also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of the body. Amen. That's what I'm waiting for. It's kind of selfish. But as I've said before, if Jesus would come kind of now, that would suit me fine. Amen. That would suit me fine. Wouldn't have to make out any wills or anything like that. Amen. You can have it all, whatever it is left. Amen. Because what, what's in heaven is so much greater. Amen. So much greater. Hallelujah. We are called unto perfection. Hallelujah. We're closing this Bible study, this Sunday study. But we are called unto perfection. And let us remember that we, all we have to do is to answer the call. That was the only key between all those apostles was that they said yes when Jesus called them. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you this morning for you are our great Savior. You are our great Redeemer. Hallelujah. By your blood and by your death at Calvary, we have the opportunity, hallelujah, to be called, to have grace applied to our lives. Jesus, we ask you right now, help us to walk worthy of that calling to start on that journey, Lord God, to not look back, to not turn to the left or the right, Lord God, but to, oh God, come before your throne, hallelujah, with humility that we can receive the blessing, that we can receive of your grace. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to bless our next service. Oh God, let your Holy Spirit have liberty to move and to touch and to heal and deliver. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name.